Hey, this is Evan Black, pastor of Faith for Life Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for joining us today. If you don't yet know Jesus, I'm so glad that you're listening, and I pray that this message empowers you to give your life to Christ. If you're just starting out on your journey with Jesus, I hope this empowers you to connect with Him. If you're strong in your connection to Christ, I believe this message will empower you to follow Him. So enjoy today's message. This morning, I was like, Lord, the way you're giving me this word, I feel like it's set up a little bit different. I was telling my son on the way here, I was like, okay, Isaiah, I was like, this is how you would flow into a word like this, because there's something on his life. So now he's in training. So I started explaining to him, I'm like, hey, you know, when you learn how to hear God, that voice on the inside, young. When you learn how to hear him help you get through everyday problems and situations in your everyday life, it prepares you to be able to trust him when you're in front of people. Whenever I'm up here, I recognize it's a great honor because People listen to pastors different, very different. You're trusting that the person speaking has something that they feel was downloaded by God and given. But where that comes from, where I believe all of us have a responsibility, is with whatever influence God has given us, he downloads to you the same way every single day. It may not necessarily be for other people. It may be for you. And when he does, how do you handle it? Do you blow him off? Do you not listen? Do you allow what he's saying to be something you take serious enough to say out loud? There was a time where I felt like, man, I'm not, I'm not paying attention enough. I'm not paying attention enough. So when I would hear something, I start saying it out loud right then. I hear you telling me to go here today. I hear you saying, read in this book of the Bible today. I would say I start saying it out loud. Because if I didn't, I find myself talking myself out of what I know was not me. Because I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do it. So if I didn't want to do it, then that means it wasn't me. And if it's good for me... That has to be him. So when I say it out loud, oh, man, it's real now. There is a passage of scripture that I'm going to take us to just one place today in the word. But let me tell you what my end game is. My end game is to stir up your spirit to where you have enough confidence to run at your giant. I want you to run at the giant, whatever your giant is. And the reason why I want you to do that, the reason why I know God wants you to have enough confidence to do it, is because any other response is simply a reaction. It is you simply reacting to every taunt the giant throws at you, it is you reacting to every frustration, every disappointment. Every, it's just you reacting to it. 
everything society pitches at you, it's a reaction. Everything we, oh, our heart is spewing out a lot. Our thoughts for some of us are running all over the place. And God says some of us don't even recognize it's a giant that needs to be conquered. So today, I want to walk you through how you run at the giant. I think of David, who we know, the famous story, y'all know, whether people follow God or not, everybody know about David and Goliath. I mean, David and Goliath, David was a man after God's own heart, but he is one of the only people that ran at his giant the way he did. David knew God before he ever got popular. David loved God before anybody ever knew his name. For you in this room, I know people that uh, that will hear my voice will be those people who knows there's something greater for them to do on this earth. Those go-getters, those people who feel like they haven't reached their full potential in God, there's something more. This is for you. It's for everybody, but this is definitely for you. Where now, before everyone knows your name, before you blow up, you have to know God when it's just you and him. Just like a pastor does on a Sunday morning. You got to know him before the moment of influence. Let me tell you why. Because whenever that moment comes where God is saying, now jump. You will have confidence not in yourself to jump. You will have confidence in God to give you what you need to jump. David knew God as a shepherd. Nobody's around. Nobody sees him slaying lions and taking down bears. Oh my, I could resist. No one sees him in the trenches. No one sees him. His dad doesn't regard him. We know when Samuel showed up to anoint a new king, he actually, and this is something that the word says, that Samuel was scared to even go to Bethlehem to anoint a new king. Because he said, God, if Saul finds out, he's going to kill me. Because Saul knows you've taken your presence from him, so he knows you're going to anoint somebody else. Samuel's like, God, I'm scared. You want me to go to Bethlehem anyway? And what did God give him? A cover story. God agreed. Yeah, Samuel, Saul will kill you. So instead, just go do an offering in that city. Because you're a prophet, everybody's going to gather around. So that's what he did. God gave him a way of escape. But before that, he had to be real with God. God, I'm scared. Some of us are stuck right there. We still won't get honest enough with God with our real feelings, like they make us sinful. Him being afraid was not a sin. God didn't strike him down and all that. No, it was a feeling. God, what do I do with this, this fear I have because it's keeping me still? I don't feel like I can move right now. He says, here's your way of escape. So Samuel did that. He went to Bethlehem. I just love seeing Bethlehem. Y'all know why Jesus and all that. It's the same lineage David is. So he went there. He did the offering and Jesse came. 
And God spoke to Samuel and said, that's the family. Have him bring all his sons out. We know what happens. Jesse brings all his sons out from Abinadab, Shema, all of them, one at a time. He brings them out. And Samuel knew in his inside, oh, are you sure this is all the kids you got? Because the one who God is calling, I ain't seen yet. The one who God has already appointed hasn't shown up here yet, which means something is off. For some of us who are dating, you taking the Abinadabs, you taking the Shamas, you taking everybody else, but they're not the one God said should be in your life and should be taking up space. You're stopping before the anointed one for your life. And therefore, you are not getting where you need to go. You're not getting in the position to run at the giants. Instead, they're helping you produce more in your life. So then finally Jesse says, oh, I got one David, but he's out, he's out with the animals. Samuel said, bring him out here. Bring him out here. Why? Because I know what God said. Samuel's like, I know what it feels like to hear God's voice. I know what it feels like to obey and to follow him. Because before this moment of anointing a king, I was with him. I was with God. And this is you. You have no idea what decisions will be ahead of you in your life. I don't care how old you are. You have no idea the impact and influence that God is still calling you to in your life. So now, in a year where God says, I'm going to give you a do-over, you're going to have to run this thing back because there are some things that's happened in, the, in your life in the past that will pop back up this year, and you got to do it right this time. That means that God is saying there is something greater beyond this year. And you doing it right this time is critical. So David comes out. Samuel anoints him. And then what? David goes back to the field. Now where I want us to pick up on David's story is the fact that David, yes, he had been a shepherd. He went back to doing what he'd been doing. He knew God anointed him. And that moment he didn't get to share with his family. It's just him and God again. Wow, God. You anointed me. Wow, God, you called me. Wow. It's just him and God. Sometimes we want our family to get excited for us. Sometimes we think our coworkers, our friends should be excited. They're not. They don't need to be. God says, if it's me and you, that's all the crowd you need. David's back on the field. Wow. Then an evil spirit visits Saul. Saul is now fully recognizing that God has taken his spirit away from him. And then what happens, his soul says, I need someone to play an instrument to get these evil spirits away from me. Here's something I want us to catch. So he sent servants to find someone. It is the servants who said, David is anointed. It wasn't Samuel. 
Samuel did his part. See, we don't get a chance to really do every part of God's plan in anyone's life or any story that God is building. You got one job. You got one job many times. And with family, this is hard. Because we see all the things that they deal with, and we will try to, especially spouses, try to take on everything the other person's dealing with. You got one thing to say, one moment, one job, everything else you have to take your hands off of. You cannot do it. It's the servants who said, David's actually oriented. How do they know that? There's no way they can know this boy who's always on a field is anointed unless whenever he was not on that field, he treated people a certain way. They spoke of how he treated other people. It mattered. So David comes in and he plays. What Saul does not know is he's the next king. But you know who does not tell him? David. David didn't say anything. All he did was his one job, play the instrument. You don't need to talk about it. People don't need to know. You let God do the work. In people's lives where you know, oh, my gosh, this happens to me so much, I see so much potential in them. I see so much greater, and it is not my job to always say it. He'll give me one moment, give them this one assignment, this one thing, and that's it. David plays. We're going to go to 1 Samuel 17. And at this point, it's now a full-on war. Jonathan has fought wars against the Philistines and won. Saul has been fighting. But now they're at this point where now the Philistines have brought out the big giant, Goliath. And Goliath is doing what? Clowning them. That's what he doing. Clowning up. Goliath like, y'all small. Who you got that's going to come for me? I'm going to take them down. And then after that, y'all going to serve us. May I propose to you that this is what your giants say to you every single day. You're not strong enough to beat me. You're not strong enough to take me out. I've been here years. And so because of that, you're insignificant. You're small. You're weak. You're not. That is what your giants say to you all the time. Think about the things that are in your life where you feel failure exists. There you will find your giants. Some of us don't feel smart enough. We feel dumb because people around us may catch things faster and we've accepted the idea that we're not smart and therefore where the giant exists is in you feeling less than who God said you are. He said he's given you enough. You have a giant there. For some of us, we don't feel tough enough. For some of us, it's we don't feel like we are or will ever be a good enough husband, a good enough wife. For some of us where the giant exists, if we have accepted, I will be alone the rest of my life. But God has called all of his children into community. So being alone 
is something that God has not called you into. Therefore, it may be a giant you need to overcome. Because being in a place by yourself does not make you lonely. That's a way of thinking. Where are the giants? Because I want you to think about these things and let the Holy Spirit show you. As we look at this passage of scripture, 1 Samuel 17. 1 Samuel 17. And in this moment, David has already come to the battlefield, y'all. And why did he come? To serve the people? Here we go again. First, he's serving his dad as a shepherd. He's serving the king, and the king don't even know who David is in that room. He's serving him by playing an instrument. Every gift and skill David has is being used. It's being, uh, it's growing. And then his dad's like, go take food to your older brothers. They're out there on the battlefield. And that's where we're picking up. David is now in the place that will eventually promote him. Does he know it yet? No. All he had to do was be obedient, just show up. Let God take care of everything else. He didn't have to force it. He just had to be himself. And that's where this popular language of being yourself comes in. It does matter that you are yourself and you're not trying to be like anybody else. It never pays off because God made you the way you are. Therefore, the way you are is needed in the earth. Let's go to verse 24. Verse 24. You know what? Let's go up to 20. It's quite a few that I want to read. Yeah. Here we go. Verse 20. It says, so David got up early in the morning, left the flock with the keeper, picking up the provisions, and went just as Jesse had directed him, his dad. And he came to the encampment as the army was going out in battle formation shouting the battle cry. So you got the army, they're ready to fight, right? They're yelling. They sound super intimidating, I'm sure. Okay, verse 21. Israel and the Philistines drew up in battle formation, army against army. Verse 22, then David left his provisions in the care of a supply keeper. I just love the responsible way he handled everything. Everywhere he was, he treated it with care. Every assignment. Verse 23. As he was talking with his brothers, behold, the champion, the Philistine of Gath named Goliath, was coming up from the army of the Philistines. And he spoke these same words again. David heard him. We're going to stop right here. David heard him him. Who did he hear? The giant speaking. The giant yelling. The difference on this day was David heard him. Before that, Goliath had been yelling. He had been talking down to that army, talking down to Saul himself, and nothing had happened. They were used to hearing the giant. They were comfortable with the giant's voice. Does your giant tell you you can never defeat it? That you will always be bound to this? That you will always be addicted to that? Does it tell you that you will never have a good friend? 
Does it tell you you will never reach where you are supposed to go? That you will always be broke? What does it tell you? Some of us are too comfortable hearing the voice of the giant. How do you know you're too comfortable? You're not responding. He can say whatever he wants, and you just keep ignoring. You just keep going. You'll show up in church sometimes. Hopefully God will sprinkle that magic anointing on you that time. But you have a responsibility. You are supposed to be hearing it and then doing something about it. And there are times in every believer's life where you do feel weak. And, all, and the scripture and the song, after I've done all I can, I can only just stand because you're tired. Maybe you quit fighting today. Please hear the giant. Get up and fight some more. And then fight again. And then fight him again until he's dead. Don't just know you have something that is taunting you, that is speaking to you, and you're not using your sword of the spirit. You're not using the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, the gospel shoes of peace. Do something. Run at the giant. The Bible says David heard him. Verse 24. When the men of Israel saw the man, they fled from him and they were frightened. Believe it or not, this is us more times than we care to admit. Conflict, I'm out of here. Taking on that new thing, starting that new company, business, whatever, I'm out of here. Serving in my church, I don't want people near me, I'm out of here. Let's go to verse 25. The men of Israel said, have you seen this man or this giant who's coming up? Surely he is coming to defy Israel. The king will reward the man who kills him with great riches and give him his daughter in marriage and make his father's house family free from taxes. Ooh, hallelujah. We're going to pause right there. Glory. Receive that thing. Okay. In Israel, verse 26, then David spoke to the men who were standing by. David's first response, what will be done for the man who killed his dude? David hears the problem. Then David does a little bit of research. David hears the problem. Then David says, let me do a little bit of research because, you know, I'm trying to decide if I'm about to take this thing on. But before I do that, I need to lay out all the facts. The facts were that Goliath was the biggest dude in the land. The facts were that he easily could slaughter this army. The facts were that the Philistines had an advantage. That was the facts. But it was not the truth. There is a difference. I was speaking with someone one-on-one the other day, and they're just saying the state of their mind. She's just talking and sharing. And I told her, I said, I hear a lot of facts. I don't hear any truth. 
She's like, I had my heart set on this, and we wanted to do this, and these plans were made, and then this got canceled, and I'm like, I'm never making plans like that again because something always happens. And I said to her, it is such a fact that things will not always happen the way you want them to. It is so a fact. But the truth is, God is sovereign. So if it didn't work out, there's something in it for you. There's something he's trying to show you. The truth is, his plan is just too much bigger. Too much bigger than what you can understand. So if all you're going to go off is what you can control, a fact, you'll never live in truth. You can't do both. You can understand the fact. You can understand the fact you grew up poor. Fact. The truth is, God has called you, and God said he will supply all your needs. That is the truth. David was a person that lived by truth, not just the facts. So when he collects facts in this moment, he doesn't live, it doesn't intimidate him because he knows God as the truth giver. Let's keep going. Verse 27, the men told him, this is what will be done for the man who kills him. Verse 28, here come the brother Hayton. Oh, now Eliab, his oldest brother, heard what he said to the men. What did David say, guys? He just asked a question, but his brother knows him. His brother knows, oh, if David asking, he about to do something crazy. And he's mad. Why? Because if David does anything, how is this going to make me look? Family. We love him so much. He's so great. Verse 28. Now Eliab, his oldest brother, heard what he had said to the men, and Eliab's anger burned against David just because David's asking questions. Why have you come down here? With whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? Remember, remember, David, you're smaller than me. Could be a fact physically. Definitely wasn't a fact spiritually, and that was the truth. With whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your presumption, your overconfidence, and the evil in your heart, David. For you have come down in order to see the battle. How dare you come look? There will always be something that pops up to try to tell you where you shouldn't be. That's why you have to know that God put you there. You have to know it. I should be at this job, I'm sure. I feel peace, even though I may not like it. I, I feel peace. I should be here. I should be in that church. I get uncomfortable because they talk about things of how I need to grow in this and that. But I should be there. You should know where you should be. Verse 29, but David said, what have I done now? In other words, you always come into me crazy. Was, was it not just a harmless question? I could see him saying this as only a little brother can. Wasn't it just a question, Eliab? You always come into me. Okay, let me get it here. Verse 30, then David turned away from Eliab. Oh, I love it. Look at that response. He acknowledges him and then turns his back on what? The thing that was telling him he was in the wrong place. Lord, to someone else, 
is who David turned to and asked the same question. The people gave him the same answer as the first time. I love he is always responsible and careful. Let me just be sure. Verse 31, when the words that David spoke were heard, just him asking questions, the men told Saul and they sent for David. David said to Saul, let no man's courage fail because of Goliath. Your servant will go out and fight with the Philistine. Wow. First of all, you're in a king's presence. And in a king's presence, you tell him, it's okay. They don't have to be afraid. I'll do it. Verse 33, then Saul said to David, you are not able to go out against this Philistine to fight him, for you are only a young man, and he has been a warrior since he was your age. But David said to Saul, your servant was tending the father's sheep. Here's the truth coming in the room. Facts have been shared. You're too young. This guy has been doing this a long time. Fact, David is young. That giant is skilled. That giant is trained against his enemies. Hear me. Your giants are trained against you. The enemy studies his prey. Your giants are trained to take you out. They don't have the authority to. You have to give them that. So we're going to stop giving them that. And we're going to run at our giants. So then David gives truth. Your servant was tending his father's sheep when a lion and a bear came, oh my, and took a lamb out of the flock. I went out after it. Everybody say after it. And attacked it. Everyone say attack it. And rescued the lamb out of its mouth. And when it rose up against me, I seized it by its whiskers and struck and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised, uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them since he has taunted and defied the armies of the living God. David saw Goliath as not a personal threat. He's fine in the field. David saw this giant as a threat to God's people. Whatever giants try to intimidate you, set you back, make you feel small, make you feel like you'll never have, be, do. It is meant to keep you paralyzed. It is meant to keep you not moving. It is meant to keep you distracted because if at one moment you were to hear the threat of that giant and react and respond and do something about it, the giant would then become obsolete. But again, we have gotten a little bit too comfortable with the words of the giant. So David now is speaking truth. It's the same God who helped me then. He's going to help me now. That's the only singular truth that David needed to win, y'all. And it's the only one you need. It's the only one you need. When God helped me get out of this dangerous neighborhood, when he kept me from being a part of gangs, when he helped me not to murder people, When he kept me 
from not committing this crime, doing that thing. Let's go bigger than just some of the things that us comfortable Christians have. Some of our problems, so small. Some people show up in this room fighting mental illness, fighting suicide. It's real. It's bigger than us. David said, this giant coming to us is bigger than me. He's telling God he's small, and I got a problem with that. He's saying God is not strong enough, and I got a problem with that. Every time your giant speaks, that's exactly what it's saying. Your God can't get you free. Your God can't help you, and you need to have a problem with that. You're bigger than what you think you are. But you feel small because you let the giant talk. David shares truth with Saul. And then what does he do? David, verse 39, then David fastened his sword over the armor that Saul had given him. And he tried to walk, but he could not because he was not used to them. And David said to Saul, I cannot go with these pieces of armor because I'm not used to them. David said, the way that God helps me win is not like the way God helps you win. Therefore, I can only follow the plan God gives me. And sometimes we're looking for it in other people, sometimes even the pastor. And God says, you only get this when you talk to me one-on-one. I'm not going to give it to you in a corporate setting. I need you to come to me because I need you to know my voice. So when I put you in front of those people, you know my voice. Lord. Verse 43. The Philistine said to David, am I a dog that you come to me with shepherd staffs? And the Philistine cursed David by what? His gods. How y'all think David feel? Oh, he mad as mad can be. Woo, and you're using another God higher than my own? Woo. Verse 44. The Philistine also said to David, come to me and I will give your flesh to the bird. Ooh, he talking more noise. 45. Then David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword, a spear, and a javelin. And David is saying this like they little. That's what I love. He's like, you come to me with a sword, what you got? I got these rocks, what you talking about? He says, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have taunted. He called the giant on his vow. You ready to start running towards your giant? Call him on his lies. Every single one, every single day, every single moment, he suggests them to you. Call out the enemy's lies to you. Say it out loud. I am smart enough. I will write the book. I will lead people. I will have the ministry. I will do the thing. I will write the album. I will minister to thousands. I will do it. I will do it. I'm good enough. May not be trained enough yet, I'm on my way, but I'm good enough to do it because I know God's voice when he speaks to me. I know him here, so I'll know him there. 
call out the enemy, and then speak truth right back. That's why you have to know what God says. That's why you have to read your Bible, or you got nothing to say. You got to know what God says. Otherwise, you're just hoping. Y'all know that empty hope feeling where you're like, I'm saying this, and I'm just hoping that. There's no power in that. The power is in the sword of the spirit, which is God's word, and you have to say it. David goes on, verse 46, this day the Lord will hand you over to me, and I will strike you down and cut off your head. And he is saying this without a sword. And I will give you, give the corpses of the army of the Philistines this day to the birds of the sky and the wild beasts of the earth. Ooh, David is going. Come on, David. This is how I read the Bible, y'all. I be talking to it. So that all the earth may know that there is a God of Israel. David said, the point of me facing this giant is so everybody know God is true. It's not just so I have, I have. It's so they know God is. And when you can grab a hold to, I am on this earth for a greater purpose than just me, that is when life really begins. It's bigger than just, my little giants just need to get knocked out so I can get to where people can know God is, God is true. In the work that I, my hands, God is real. How did you get here? Man, you so humble. Man, you so cool. How you, man, God has helped me. I wasn't always like this. Let God's name be glorified. Verse 47, and that this entire assembly may know that the Lord does not save with the sword of the spear. For the battle is the Lord's, and he will hand you over to who? Us. And was the army even with him? No. David spoke in faith even in that moment. They're all saying he's too young. They all saying he wasn't good enough. They're all saying you're not even a soldier. And David said, oh, but God is going to give all y'all to all us. David was a leader before he was a leader. Verse 48, when the Philistine rose and came forward to meet David, David ran quickly toward the battle line. What did David do? David ran how? Quickly. Toward what? Goliath. He talked noise. He spoke that truth. He told the enemy, just like you're playing pool, he said, corner pocket. And then he shot his shot. And he ran at the giant. David put his hand in his bag. This is as he's running. Took out a stone and a sling and slung it. And it struck the Philistine in his forehead. The stone penetrated his forehead and he fell down on the ground. Verse 50, so David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. And he struck down the Philistine and killed him. But there was no sword in David's hand. Why would the Bible call this out? Because David said he would do what? Cut off his head. And when David spoke it in God's name, God was going to make sure it got done. So he ran and stood over the Philistine, grabbed who swore it? 
Goliath and drew it out of this sheath and killed him. Goliath's sword never made it out of its sheath. When David ran at him with that stone, that arrogant giant didn't even think he needed to draw a weapon because Christians are always underestimated. Always underestimated, always talked about, but no matter what they say about you, no matter what you haven't done well before, no matter what tries to keep a hold on you, I want you to speak truth and run at your giant. Run at the giant of addiction. And I'm talking about the stuff don't nobody know. You scroll through, you look at. Run at the giant. It can't stay, and you make it where you need to go. You got to defeat it again next week, then defeat it again next week, and the week after that, and the week and the day after that, and multiple times in that day. Run at the giant. Stand to your feet. We're going to pray. Well, if you enjoyed today's podcast, there's a couple things I'd love for you to do. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. You can also invest in helping us empower others to follow Jesus by texting any dollar amount to 512-520-0185. Thanks again for joining us today on the Faith for Life 